and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures Podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my wonderful, intelligent, <laughs> gorgeous, very hardworking, Disney in the 2020s loving <laughs> wife and co-host, Michelle. Well, thank you so much, sweetie. Hi, everybody. What's that about? I don't know. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Which means it's going to be a good day. It is going to be a good day. Oh, I don't know. Speaking of what good day it is, we are recording this episode on Sunday, September 17th, 2023, and it is dropping on the same day. Yes, that's what our plan is from most of the time from here on out. No guarantees. There will be some weeks where we have something going on where we need to change, but right. most of the time, we're going to be back to recording and putting these episodes out on the same day. Yeah, it's fun to be back in the groove of having a more routine time to record having almost like a normal schedule uh, who who yes. would have thought that would ever happen again but it has so yes. far we'll see if it continues <laughs> but for now it's good thank you for joining us today in the future you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts however the very best place to find us is on our own website hyperionadventurespodcast.com also we are on social media we're on twitter X. at hyperion X. podcast <laughs> facebook instagram and threads at hyperion adventures podcast if you are on facebook come on over and join us for some good positive disney energy fun on our hyperion adventurers facebook group also we're on youtube if you want to find us there just do a quick search for hyperion adventures podcast hit subscribe you'll know whenever we have a new video someday maybe <laughs> and if you ever want to contact us for any reason please hit us up at our gmail account hyperion adventures podcast at gmail.com yeah we love to hear from you in any of those avenues uh if you want to suggest a topic or have questions about something we've discussed probably gmail's the best way to get in touch with us or if you just want to say hello then uh, we love to hear from you. We do love to hear from you in all those avenues, in all those ways. We just want to connect with you in any way possible. Now, before we get into this week's show, you know we always like to take a look back at the week that was, because let's face it, all our weeks have ups and downs, but this is the Disney podcast of positivity. We like to focus on those positives, those happy, those wonderful moments mm -hmm. throughout the week. And we call that my favorite thing from this week. And when we do this, we always start with Michelle because, well, she's amazing. <laughs> no. You're about to hear it. She does the best research, even though she's very nervous about it, which means you know it's going to be extra no, good. No. She has the best list. You may hear that next week. We'll talk about that later. Mm. She definitely has the very best tips. She also almost always has the best my favorite thing from this week. So, Michelle, what was your favorite thing from this week? Um, I think my favorite thing of this week started off very early in the week, and that was last Sunday, and that was with the our attendance at the Disney, excuse me, the Destination D23 event. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I guess we could talk about that as being this week, as it was, and also because of the fact that we didn't have traditional episodes last week. Right. We had... Kind of a two-part bonus episode special recapping what was going on at Destination D23. Thanks My for brain starts with Sundays on the week. Yeah, Is that when your brain starts? <laughs> well, I mean, my thought process. <laughs> <laughs> my brain never really starts. Mine, yeah, yeah, I'm, <laughs> it's like I'm a, right there with you. <laughs> Maybe you know I know. 
<laughs> Those of you who've been listening to this podcast for five years, you know my brain never starts. So <laughs> definitely not, not when we start this show. Not, definitely not when we hit record. Uh, thanks to everybody who tolerated that first episode of those bonus episodes <laughs> and the sound last week. I know I'm, I'm maybe a little bit too particular about it, but uh, thank you for dealing with it because some people said some very nice things about those two episodes uh, yeah, you know, that yeah. they uh, appreciated and we did a good job of recapping what all went on at Destination D23. So thank you for that. Yeah, we love the positive feedback. You're so sweet. Yes, uh, very much so. Uh, that was also a great thing from this week. I kind of considered it last week, but yes, um, and everything that happened at Destination D23 was amazing, fantastic, wonderful. Uh, just loved it so very, very much. Yeah. I can't wait for two years from now for it to come back, assuming it will be right. back again in two years as it has been in the past. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun. Also, a couple other things uh, that were my favorite things from this week is we finally got to watch, because it's on Disney Plus now, Elemental. That's true. Uh, mm -hmm. Just last night. Last night or the night before? The night before. Yeah. Uh, but we loved it. It was so good. I'm sorry we didn't get to see it in the theaters. I mean, we, yeah. I guess we had opportunities, but we just were never able to find that right time to go and check it out. But uh, right. it was such a beautiful, beautiful film animated so well and the story was so touching mm -hmm. and wonderful and just really really enjoyed it yeah great storytelling and love the fact that they you know with a lot of the films they have kind of the behind the scenes or the making of and this one has that as well uh, and we were actually able to see a little snippet of that at the Destination D23. Mm -hmm. uh, so I would recommend people to watch that as well. Yeah, that was really, really good. Uh, we enjoyed that. Uh, looking at a little behind the scenes mm -hmm. of what went into the making of Elemental, how many years, and kind of what the backstory is as to why this yeah. film was made. It was. It, it makes was, you more really... endearing to the story that's yeah. being told. Yeah, um, although I was already completely endeared oh, to yeah. it. Oh, yeah, sure. It's, it's a really great movie, mm -hmm. and I'm glad it did, you know, it didn't start off well in the theaters, but I'm glad it kind of gained momentum, word of mouth, and it did eventually right. really well in the theaters. And now it's, I guess I saw this morning, it's already the number one movie on uh, Disney+, Plus, which doesn't surprise right. me, because it's really, really good. And yeah. I think everybody will really enjoy it. Uh, other thing on Disney Plus we watched this week that we really enjoyed, or at least I did, um, was uh, episode five of uh, Ahsoka, mm -hmm. this season of Ahsoka. Sure, that was great. Uh, I thought it was very interesting. There's a lot of stuff to unpack in that episode. <laughs> we got to watch it again because sure. there was some... Uh, intricate stuff there. I'm not going to give any spoilers here just in case you haven't been able to see it yet. I would assume you have by now if you kind of enjoy that. Um, but just in case you haven't, um, there is some really intriguing stuff that, um, like I said, it takes some unpacking for sure. Right. Yeah. Some uh, twists and turns that maybe weren't as quite as expected. Yeah. A little bit, uh, you know, a lot of force lore and who these characters are mm -hmm. and where they are and why they are where they are and where we're pivoting to move forward in the story. So uh, really, really cool. Really enjoyed it. So let's go ahead and move on to this week's show. I got, well, some stuff for me this week. <laughs> to be honest with you, they had so much news come out from Destination D23. There wasn't a ton of new stuff, but I do have a couple stories for you, including we learned some fun new ways you can celebrate Latin Heritage Month at the Walt Disney World Resort. We'll right. tell you about that. Also, if you're thinking about living within a Disney community, we got a couple more eh, kind of details about the new place that's going to be opening up sometime in the next few years in Southern California. You'll want to hear about that as well. But that's later. Let's go ahead and get to our main topic of the week. 
So for this week's main topic, we are drawing ever closer. I think we are under a month out now from the official birthday, the 100th right. birthday uh, for the Walt Disney Company. So, you know, Michelle has been doing a fantastic job every month of dropping these Disney at 100 segments, looking back at the history of the Walt Disney Company. And we're getting up to it now. So we're <laughs> getting down to those last few years of looking at the history. Michelle, as a matter of fact, what are we looking at this week? Well, when I was first considering how do I handle this episode of the Disney at 100, as you know, we've been doing pretty much decades. I thought, well, the decade of 2020 is still very new. We're in it right now. And in fact, I didn't think there'd be much to talk about. But once I started putting some ideas together and doing some preliminary research, I saw that actually there was a lot that happened in this decade. Which is only, we're not even a, well, I guess we're, almost I mean, when years. you count it, it's more than three years. So right. 2020, 2021, 2022, and then nine months of 2023. Right, right. Yeah. So, so like, yeah, like you're saying, in less than four years, they had a new CEO named. Then a few le- years later, a returning CEO came to the mm. helm. A new chairman of the board was appointed. A thwarted board shakeup took place. There was some significant leadership structure reorganization, a 3% reduction in global workforce, plus the adoption of a fifth key in their more than 65-year history of keys. So, yeah, a lot happened Mm -hmm. in a little bit of time. Uh, In fact, in a letter to shareholders this year, the company used the term dynamic period for the company. And as you can see, I didn't even mention a global pandemic in that. So, and there was also a couple of anniversaries in there as right. big anniversaries for uh, so a couple of Disney theme parks as sure. well, and a lot of major films and mm-hmm. uh, renovations or reimagination of things in the parks, new things to the parks. So yeah, there was a lot, and and actually, then it kind of had my head spinning. How how am I going to really sufficiently cut down? the information into this episode. And and that was somewhat of a challenge um, because like I said, there was a lot going on. Now, one of the things that helped me was some of these items may evoke negative feelings in people. <laughs> and we are the Disney <laughs> podcast of positivity. Right, so and considering we, that. If we don't touch on them, you'll know, well, best to just kind of steer away from it. <laughs> well, you know, it's like, what's the focus going to be? What's the the storytelling, as they say at Disney? Um, so thought it would be probably best to highlight the successes and positives that ultimately bring joy to the guests. Very good. Ah, thanks. Um, okay, so shall we get started? Yes. Okay. Now, before we get into some of the kind of tangibles that were delivered in those three and a half years, I thought it'd be good to talk at some of the strategies that the company adopted during this short period of time. So uh, one of those things was Disney committed to another 25 years of support for conservation fund, ranging from worldwide to actual local efforts as well. So like things as big as protecting the Lemur in Madagascar or penguins in South America to the restoration of oyster reefs in the Indian River Lagoon in Florida. Wow. So yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool that they 
they really are touching on so many levels in the environment. So yeah, a conservation cool. program for Disney has always been great, and I'm glad they're continuing on with that. Exactly. Now, kind of going along with this is the company also set their 2030 environmental goals. And there were a lot of them. I'm not going to go through all of them, but thought some of them were worth mentioning and highlighting. Uh, And we've talked about some of these in the past, but thought maybe not all of them. (laughs) Um, So anyway, so one of them is achieving net zero greenhouse gas emissions for direct operations. Pretty lofty. Mm -hmm. Uh, purchasing or producing 100% zero carbon electricity for all direct operations. Wow. Yeah. Investing in natural climate solutions. Serving 100% environmentally responsible seafood at U.S. parks and reserves. That's a big Resorts. thing for me. Yeah, um, right? I, I'm really into sustainable fisheries mm-hmm. and um, making sure that that kind of stuff is being used over some of the stuff that is either done in, in kind of a poaching manner mm-hmm. or in a, or farmed irresponsibly right. that, where it actually hurts the environment. I mean, there is definitely f- responsible farming right. of seafood, uh, but there's a lot of it out there that is not. So right. I'm glad that Disney is focused on that. Exactly. Well, and ca- keeping up with that theme of sustainability, they also, for this time period, want to ensure all branded product textiles contain recycled or certified sustainable source content or made from a lower impact alternatives. Nice. Yeah. And the last one I wanted to bring up too um, was uh, working to achieve zero waste to landfills for Disney parks and resorts. So um, there's a lot of information on, on each of these things. Just wanted to really highlight pretty cool things that the company is really striving to work towards. That zero is going to be tough for going to landfills. It's going to be tough just because, you know, I mean, guests bring in their own stuff or whatever. Disney can do what they can own, what they want with their own packaging or whatever, but guests are going to bring it in. But the fact that they're trying to approach that, it's a good step to make. Whether you can actually accomplish it, it's another thing, but it it, it never will happen if you don't actually try. Right, right. You have to take steps towards Mm -hmm. it. I was reading an article recently where they actually have somebody who evaluates and looks at what trash is coming out of the parks so that they can evaluate. I mean, there's a lot to evaluate on that. Like, is there particular, like you're saying, there's things that guests bring in, but even not things that are from the resort. Are there things that people are, are like not like food items, they're not eating right. certain things or whatever, you know. It's yeah, just, food waste is a big thing. Right. I mean, luckily, much of food waste can be redone in a way that mm-hmm. can be helped, right, you know, right. and can Composting, help the environment as opposed yeah. to plastics and so forth that have a little bit more difficulty dealing with. Um, but yeah, it's good to know that if something is being thrown out often, maybe want to, if nothing else, pull it off the menu just because right. it, people aren't enjoying it. Maybe. Right. Exactly. You know, and even though this goal is really for parks and resorts, um, we've seen that in the cruise industry as well, where they're really looking to focus on how do they reduce the food waste coming off of cruise ships and, and looking at, you know, is it better to have smaller portions and then allow people to to get more or how else to address that? I'll point out one thing that we've noticed from Disney Cruise Line as opposed to like the other cruise line we just went on recently mm-hmm. that they're doing that I think 
does significantly help on food waste because on a cruise ship, let's face it. I mean, one of the perks of being on a cruise is that you can, you can try a lot of different right. foods, you know, and you don't necessarily need to finish it all. But one thing that Disney's doing, and it's been since the pandemic that they've done this and it's, it's twofold. It's kind of helps with curbing their issues with viruses and et cetera. Right. But it also, I feel like it's a huge um, help with food waste. And that is at their buffets. They actually have servers serving you at the buffet. Right. So one, you're not touching all those utensils along with everybody else. Exactly. And there's the chance to pass along um, certain diseases and so forth. But also I, th- I feel personally, and maybe not everybody is, this isn't true of everybody, but if I'm going in there and asking them for food, <laughs> Uh, I'm going probably ask for less than if I'm just going up there and spooning right. food onto my plate. And I think that that's true of a lot of people. So that would help curb some of the food waste as well. Right. And it's not like if you ask them for more that they won't get right. it. They absolutely will. But you're right. And sometimes, you know, it's also one of those things, your eyes are bigger than your stomach and you go and you put a bunch of things on or um, you may put three Mickey waffles instead of one or two and then realize, wait, I'm, I really don't need this food yeah. and you're yeah, wasting it. So I feel that that is uh, in a couple of ways, very, a very good thing that Disney is doing on board their, their cruise ships right now. Right. Moving right along with some other things that were launched during this p- period of time is that they launched what's called reimagine tomorrow. And they, have a website dedicated to this that you can look at and see what they're talking about here. It's reimaginetomorrow.disney.com. You know, so you might ask yourself, what's this? And uh, pulling from the website, their intention is, we are committed to inspiring a more inclusive world by reimagining the way we tell stories and who tells them. Our intention is to broaden access and diversity in our industry by adopting inclusion standards across Disney General Entertainment and live action studio productions by the end of, at the time, 2022, with the goal of advancing representation in front of and behind the camera in marketing and more. And, you know, we've, we've been hearing some of this even before this decade, but it showed that Disney really decided to make a strategic directive in this effort and have it a planned priority. And and you can really see this in a lot of things too that are coming out, not just, I, I think I'm trying to talk about more the behind the cameras. Like when you look at who was telling the stories, you, you, you are, we, we can really see more of that authenticity being mm-hmm. brought to the surface and allowing that storytelling to be a lot more enriched by that. Agreed. Yeah. Um, now, the other thing that this, the website talks about is it's not just what they're doing within the company, um, but they've actually gotten advice from external consultants in how to embrace inclusion and representation and uh, I'll just use a quote from Martha Stewart. It's a good thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's the quote? Okay, Martha. Thank you. Yes, inclusion is a good thing. Well, the effort to make sure it's happening and is more consistent. Yeah. It's, no, it's, it's definitely important. And I, I'm glad that also Disney is not just assuming from their like board of directors, like we're going to decide what inclusion means. No, you need people that actually right. need to be included right. to speak out as to how this can be better done. 
And so I'm glad that they're reaching out to several people and, right. and getting their concepts, getting their ideas and, and looking how to make this better within the entire company. You're absolutely right, honey. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's take a brief stroll down memory lane, shall Ooh, we? <laughs> it's going to be very brief if we're only talking to 2020. So it's three years and nine months. But right. yeah. Now, in early 2020, remember those days? Things looked bright. The future looked so optimistic. It was so long ago. It's so I like, know. <laughs> I still love. Still off future. I still feel like the future is optimistic. Right. But yes, things I know. have definitely changed since <laughs> yes. January and February of 2020. <laughs> I still love that uh, Saturday Night Live bit where they have uh, like a psychic describing on uh, New Year's Eve of January 1st to January 1st, 2020 and how ridiculous the prediction sounded and yet what are you talking were. about i'm not going to be able to people are going to just ban me <laughs> I because i went out to dinner with a group of people what i'm going to wipe down a bag of doritos <laughs> <laughs> i'm going to be washing off all the groceries when i get home <laughs> even now that seems a little ridiculous what we were doing in right. 2020 but <laughs> But we did it frantically, didn't we? We did it. Anyways, we digress. So in early 2020, Disneyland introduced Magic Happens Parade. Uh, And from our experience of living in Southern Cal, we actually saw a lot of media and social media coverage about this new parade. And it looked spectacular. Uh, I remember being anxious to think we're going to go see that. And uh, it was really one of the few parades we talked about that we both thought, yeah, that would be worth seeing because we're not big huge parade parade people. Yeah. yeah. Um, And what's really wonderful is that it did relaunch recently. Yes. Almost exactly three years to the day. Yeah. I'm glad it came back. I'm glad they didn't, you know, just shelve it because everything early in 2020, the reviews were phenomenal for it. Right. Uh, so I'm glad eventually when they felt comfortable with bringing parades back that that one did reemerge and looking forward to hopefully we'll be able to see it when we get out there uh, yeah. early in 2024. Right. Now, what's cool about this parade is in addition to showing both classic and current animation film you know, setups or floats. As a whole, it's also telling a story and it reminds us that you don't need wings to fly. Shooting stars are for wishing and magic doesn't end at midnight. Very nice. <laughs> I like it. I like the concept. It's true. Right? It is true. true. It is true. So um, if, you ha- if you get a chance, I would suggest checking that out. Of course, we're not speaking from experience of seeing it other than what we oh, see. We'll be checking virtually. it out. I'm assuming it's still going on once we get to January of 2024. We'll be watching that. And it, you know, like true. I said, we're not really big time, especially daytime parade people, but... That is one that we've been waiting to watch for so many years that we will probably go out of our way. And if there's any packages where we can get a special seat for it, we'll likely do it. Yeah, exactly. All right, honey. Do you remember what opened at Walt Disney World on March 4th of 2020? (laughs) (laughs) March 4th of 2020 at Walt Disney World. No. Mickey and Minnie's Runaway oh, Railway at Disney right. Hollywood Studios. Oh, man. I know, right? All times. <laughs> I know. It also happened to be just two days before we boarded uh, the 
infamous Disney Cruise Line yes. two-week Panama Canal cruise. The COVID cruise, as we've called it. Yes. <laughs> Not necessarily there was a lot of COVID on board. It just was everything was going crazy. Right, that, right. Yeah. I mean, I do think we did find out afterwards that there were a few cases of COVID reported. But considering it was a two-week cruise... Out of New Orleans, which, right after Mardi Gras, right which after we, Mardi we Gras, learned later was a hot, hot spot, spot right? Uh, and the fact that again we weren't wearing masks, there was no social distancing, and we learned about social distancing as we were getting ready to depart, things like that. Uh, the fact that it, the ship was pretty much contained that it only had, I think I read, and, and the numbers may not be totally accurate, but like two crew members and, and a handful of guests. Um, but all in all, pretty spectacular considering everything that was going on then. Yeah, but. we were, people were shutting down in the, if you, you can go back and listen to our episode, because it's actually, if you haven't heard it, it's an intriguing episode. I think personally, I, I guess I'm speaking for ourselves on this, but it was an intriguing time. Um, but the fact that people were shutting down in the States that we had no, we were in this Disney bubble on this cruise ship. We're still having dance parties together right. and, <laughs> yeah. you know, at close quarters and everything. And, and it just, it's, it's crazy to think about that this was happening while so many other people were having this right. different experience during that time. And then we had to, you know, it was such a, a halting thing when we came back and saw what the, the world. world had become mm-hmm. essentially at that right. point. Exactly. So, yeah, it, it is just funny that when you think of like the opening of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, that just days later, so many yeah. things would change in the world so dramatically. So, you know, and obviously the pandemic made it necessary for every business to, and so we have always learned to say now with that, pivot mm-hmm. to provide services differently. Um, so much was happening at that time virtually. People were at home for the most part. Uh, so Disney really leaned all in on this and thought it would be good to kind of review some of the fun guest experiences that they were providing us during this lockdown period. Um, and again, it's maybe another trip down memory lane for some of you or for some of you might be some new things that you're hearing about. But either way, it definitely was some success at keeping joy during really challenging times. Now, Disney Plus was already up and running at that time. And obviously, it gave folks an opportunity to be entertained with some really nostalgic Disney things, as well as the release of some new films. Um, and let's not forget Hamilton being released on that platform. That's right. Now, honey, you remember before the pandemic when we first heard the announcement Mm -hmm. that Hamilton was going to actually be on the big screen years, uh, several years later? It's going to be a couple years, a couple good years. Right. And uh, hey, what a gift to have that made on the 4th of July holiday weekend in 2020. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a a nice announcement that uh, this was coming uh, extra special earlier than mm-hmm. anybody predicted uh, to Disney Plus, and uh, you know we've watched it so many times since. Yes, um, because it's just it's wonderful, and we watched it again this last Fourth of July. You right, know, to celebrate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it became one of our son Scott's favorite mm-hmm. things to watch and listen to. Uh, but it, it helped re- that I played the music so much <laughs> while we were driving cross country during That's those times. True. Yeah. <laughs> He gets so mesmerized though in front of the TV it's when true. we turned it on. Uh, but I mean, actually, that's something that did really 
give opportunity to so many people to see this mm-hmm. this artistic work uh, that people may not have otherwise been able well, to That's experience. for sure. I think it's still to this day. I mean, even though it's there are more touring companies and it's been out and around for a longer time now and the, it's given many more communities and uh, people chances to see it. Mm-hmm. It's still the fact that it's, it's nothing like being able to bring it into your own living right. room. I, it's still not the same experience to me. Um, I, I, obviously, it's the original cast, which right. is nice, but going and actually seeing a stage performance right. um, is still so much better than seeing a stage to screen performance, but that was a pretty darn good one. Yeah. Well, you get, you also have the best seats in the house when you're watching this one, and mm-hmm. you don't That's have true. to worry about somebody tall in front of you. <laughs> that never <laughs> happens to you. <laughs> we don't base all our seating about who's <laughs> sitting in front of you. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, anyways, another great thing, uh, from my perspective at least, uh, was that Disney Parks blog launched its Disney Magic Moment series to, as they put it, share a do- a daily dose of virtual pixie dust. And, and they provided a lot of fun activities. I'm not going to name them, again, not going to name them all, but just want to put some out there to kind of either remind people or let people know what they did have. Now, they had Disney recipes. Disney Parks Blog's been doing that for a while, but they, I think they really upped their game on, mm-hmm. on providing some fun Disney recipes, especially ones that maybe are a little bit more easy to do at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for the full family to get involved right, with. Right, yeah. exactly. Good point. Uh, they also did a how to draw Disney characters uh, provided by actual animators, you know, and, and not to to make light of anybody that you see teaching you to draw at the parks or on Disney cruises. But I mean, hey, it's pretty cool having the actual animator to a film teach you how to draw a character. Yep, I agree. Um, they also had Ride and Learn virtual rides through attractions. Um, so you got to see the attractions, but even some fun facts about the ride. Like, did you know the music for the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland Paris called Phantom Manor was recorded at the legendary Abbey Road studio? Yeah. So see, you can Very learn cool. something as well as see the, but again, having that opportunity since you couldn't go into the parks to see some of these attractions virtually was mm-hmm. kind of fun. And, and, and a lot of people took that and made it even more so like, I, I don't know if you remember seeing on, on social media, people would show how they would like put their kids in a, mm-hmm. in a closed that laundry basket and pretend they were going through our, the ride. our good friends, Keenan and Rachel, formerly of uh, part of our world mm-hmm. podcast, um, did something along those lines. I was, I'm trying to remember what it was that they did. It might've been the haunted mansion. Right. Might've been, I think it was tower of terror. I, I can't recall. It was something like that. Something spooky right. themed. And they did something like that with their son, uh, Cedric. And, uh, it was cute. Yeah. It was really, really cute. So many people did so many creative things right. during the pandemic to fill the time and to kind of get that little piece of the parks, right. even though they weren't able to go, uh, during that stint. Um, it was, it was really nice. Yeah. Know? So very cool that they had that. Mm-hmm. Um, they also had Disney paper parks where you could print out sheets, uh, of designs and color and then assemble some fun spots that are in the Disney parks. And those are pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Um, they would offer some live family game nights 
and that included printable scorecards, some treat ideas that like you were saying, the whole family could get involved in. Um, and those are actually still replayable, mm -hmm. you know? So if you couldn't go to it live, you could watch it at another time with your family. Mm -hmm. um, Adventures by Disney shared some of their video tours uh, and in fact, shared some of the games that they play on some of their tours that are offered. And again, family treats, fun treats to go along with that theming. Uh, I forgot that those were there. Mm -hmm. So I, I think for this week, honey, I, I'm, I'm planning to ride aboard the, the Rhone River Cruise and play <laughs> guess the character from their French names and eat maybe even prepare some French macarons. Okay, well, there we go. I know, uh, right? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> um, th on this site, you could even catch Disney Cruise Line's evening stage show called Tangle the Musical, mm -hmm. which was pretty cool. Which is one of my favorites that we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. It is so gorgeous. It a is. A show. And it, it, I, I know it's only a part of it, but their use of, puppetry is so impressive mm -hmm. in this and the lantern scene alone will just wreck you yeah if you're yeah. if you're a fan of tangled the lantern scene right. in the theater um you got to get on board a disney cruise and experience it it's amazing right now speaking today what's great is most of these things that i just talked about are all still available uh, there was a few exceptions where a link might have been closed or video removed. Some things I, I kind of had to go to multiple links to get to it. But for the most part, they're all intact. And so for some family fun, even after the pandemic, you could take a look at Disney Magical Moments and have some fun activities. That could also be a great way to get excited about the parks. Let's say you have a trip coming up and you want to get your kids involved or you're not sure if they're going to like a particular scary attraction mm -hmm. and maybe get to show them some of it. So um, pretty cool that that was introduced and, and is still available yeah, now. Very good. All right. Let's fast forward a bit to parks reopening. So like once the parks reopened and we're getting to experience this convenience today is how they've really incorporated a lot of tools and techniques to the My Disney Experience or the Disneyland app. Uh, I, I think mobile ordering, especially, you know, it was available before the pandemic, but just a few locations comparatively now. And um, yes, it's contactless option, uh, but it really has flourished. Mm -hmm. And even to earlier times, like earlier this year, they've added more features like putting photos, not to just to some of the dishes that you can see through the mobile ordering, but what does the location look like? Mm -hmm. And, you know, just some of the conveniences of being able to order, whether you want to find something right now, you can filter to find things that are available right away or at a certain time in the future. Love, love, love mobile ordering and the proliferation of it. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it may have happened anyway, but I'm sure the the fact that it was such a, a important aspect of Disney parks reopening right. um, kind of helped push that along. And, and now I just, I can't imagine going to the parks and not being able to use it regularly um, right. because it is, it's just so darn convenient. Exactly. You know, and even that you can get some 
some dishes from table food locations if you don't want to necessarily go into there. And I'm not saying out of fear of anything, but just out of convenience. If you're staying on property and you want to bring some bread service back to your room, you can do that. Yeah. Some people don't want, after a long day, go dine in, say, Steakhouse 71. Right. But you really kind of want some of that food from Steakhouse 71. Well, it's great that you can now order that there. Right. And just take it back to your room and you don't have to get all dressed up or feel like you're putting on whatever, you know, having to sit through a meal and everything else in a restaurant. You can just be like, look, it was a long day. We're hot. We're sweaty. But I still want that great Steakhouse 71 burger or a steak or whatever else you want. You can get that ordered and take it right back to your room and enjoy Mm it. Uh, obviously there's nothing wrong with the ambiance of one of these great restaurants, Mm -hmm. but sometimes you just want something a little easier. Right. Exactly. So, um, now one of the things we mentioned a little bit earlier was, uh, our recent cruise report out and we can't emphasize enough how much safer we feel as guests on Disney cruise line. (laughs) We won't, we're the Disney podcast of positivity. We will not <laughs> approach on that much more about what our last cruise was like. Right. Um, but as we already touched on, it, even before the pandemic and, and since the pandemic, some of the great things that they, they have put into place for, to keep people safe, not just from COVID, but any kind of type of illnesses or or. Long before there was COVID, there were other illnesses that are out there that are famous for being specifically on cruise lines, although they're not specifically cruise lines. It's just what they get tabbed with. Right. Um, But Disney does such a fantastic job of trying. And they're not, you know, it happens on board Disney cruise ships too. But the likelihood of it happening because of the steps that they take is so much better than aboard some of the other cruise lines we've been on. Exactly. So now... Speaking of this decade, that's still pretty new. There was there's one other big thing, uh, which is pretty incredible, and that is the company's 100th anniversary, which is pretty. Con- I've heard something about that. <clears throat> yeah, that was pretty cool. Now, uh, earlier it may have been a bit more low keyed because we were still in the midst of the Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary, uh, especially this year coming to a close. But I. I think you can concur with me, honey, that the emphasis now on this this milestone is really becoming more apparent. Yeah, especially as we draw ever closer to it now. I mean, we're, you know, like I said, we're less than a month away as we're releasing this episode. So it's really, really close. And a lot of it, a lot of everything we're seeing, especially like what we saw at Destination D23, but also a lot of what we're seeing from merchandise throughout the parks, um, things that are being released in theaters, et cetera. Um, is really building to it. And not only was, uh, we have to mention, not only was Walt Disney World celebrating its 50th anniversary, Disneyland Paris also celebrated its 30th 30th birthday as well within this time period. And this was all happening, you know, as COVID was, not that COVID's gone away. It's it's (laughs) widespread again right now. (laughs) But um, as it was, you know, it's kind of its peak period um, out there. So, uh, the fact that we can now focus on this Disney 100, and I think that Disney is doing a very good job of, of, of doing just right, that. Right. And I kind of like that. Uh, yes, they, they started some things in the beginning of this year, in January, kicking off some, some new things happening at Disneyland uh, Resort. But it's nice that there's still things to come, which hold that thought. Okay. Uh, all right. I'm holding it. Um, so one of the things... In preparing for today, I thought 
it is pretty remarkable, a, a company lasting th- this long still. Uh, it's rare. It is rare. It's a very rare occurrence. Um, and so I did some research on, on that. And, and I did come across a, a publication from the Harvard Business Review on an article where they actually studied successful companies that made it to at least 100 years. And this was a few years ago, so they didn't mention Disney. But um, here's something I thought was interesting that they, they concluded. They said, most businesses focus on serving customers, owning resources, being efficient and growing, but the centennials don't. Instead, they try to shape society, share experts, create accidents, and focus on getting better, not bigger. They're radically traditional with a stable core, but a disruptive edge, and that's what keeps them ahead. The study also showed that there were some other key elements that helped these companies achieve their success. And one, and it's kind of mentioned in that quote before, is to shape society. What they found in their study is that it companies that were successful at being centennials is they were looking 20 to 30 years ahead to understand how society is evolving, how they can shape it, and how they can get the talent to do this. And here's a quote, they said, All the centennials we studied talked about their impact on society, the beliefs and behaviors they've changed. Now, we can see evidence of this and some of the things that I spoke about at the beginning were in this decade alone, we're talking about commitment to the environment and diversity. Um, And I thought that was, you know, pretty much a foundation of some of these successful companies. And it's something that we can see Disney has done for a long time. I mean, we've even talked early on in this series where Walt was ahead of his time when it came to environmental issues and concerns. So pretty cool that that foundation was Mm -hmm. there and it's, it's continuing. Now, the Harvard Business Review article brought up another element that centennials do that helps them become successful. And, and I found it interesting because I hadn't thought about it is it says engagement with kids. Hmm. Uh, their study showed that talent is drawn to them to help them achieve their purpose, but, but they don't just wait for talent to turn up. Instead, the centennials all work with children, sometimes as young as four years of age to help them learn and use skills they'll need in the future. And I never thought about that with a company to say, okay, that's got to be the, you know, one of the key elements of success. You think of Disney company because things are geared towards families and kids, that it becomes a natural thing. But as you can see from a study of successful companies who have an enduring time frame, this is a foundation that they all, you know, strive for. So. Yeah, that is interesting. I mean, obviously, you know, like you were just mentioning the Disney company, I mean, there's a lot of focus on kids. Um, but the fact that that is a traditionally, uh, traditional aspect of successful companies is, you know, it, it, that, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. And, um, right. you know, I, I think it's, you know, it's, Obvious that, you know, if you're getting ingrained in you early on that, you know, Disney's a good thing. Disney's a joyful thing. Disney is something that I'm going to love that that is going to carry over for most people. And eventually uh, you'll bring it with your kids along as well. And that is something that will push a a company forward and keep them moving. And that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, kind of thought that was interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. 
All right. Now, as touched on just a second ago, there are still more things to happen as part of the 100 year anniversary and thought, let's take a look at some of those. And I'm, I'm really not going to go through the things that have been talked about at Destination D23, because we've already done that on a lot of other uh, social media and podcasts and YouTubers have, have done that, but just kind of want to bring up a few things to look forward to as new experiences for the special celebration. Um, now, I, I, I know I said I wasn't going to really talk about D- Destination D23 announcement, but I I, ha- I have to reinforce that Figment meet and greet at the Imagination Pavilion, which just it's started fun. this week. It so is, fun. is definitely cool. Um, but starting a little later, like starting next week, uh, from September 22nd to December 31st, there's an emphasis on some new things happening. Um, there will be meet and greet with Mickey and Minnie dressed up in their platinum attire, also at the Imagination Pavilion. Mm-hmm. And then at Spaceship Earth, there's going to be uh, a new light up of their that that exterior that mm-hmm. we saw the beacons of light, right? The beacons mm-hmm. of light when it came up with the 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 50th anniversary celebration. Well, they're going to come up with a new what they call kaleidoscope of colors set to special orchestration rendition of "When You Wish Upon a Star." Oh yeah, that's going to be uh, not going to be a dry eye in the house I when know. that comes on. I I, know. I, it's already the beacons of light are always so magical and beautiful, right. and then you're going to throw on "When When You Wish Upon a Star" as well. Exactly. Whew. I know. I know. Looking forward to that. Um, so there's also going to be some new kiosks at the Food and Wine Festival, at Epcot International Food and Wine Festival. And these Is are... by Corksicle? Yes. <laughs> um, they're opening on September 22nd also. there. Uh, and what's cool is they're also new to food and wine. They haven't been um, these these kiosk offerings in the past. So I thought I'd just kind of touch on those. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's going to be Swirled Showcase, and that's going to be a place where you can get some really cool frozen treats, including a Mickey-shaped liquid nitrogen cake Mm. and a coconut porter float Mm. (laughs) with vanilla ice cream. (laughs) Talking to Michelle directly right there. They're going to have, uh, and there's obviously, I'm not going through all the offerings that they're having at each of these, but just so you kind of get an idea of what they are. Char and Chop. Um, so they're going to have some yummy sounding meat and impossible sausage dishes. Uh, plus <laughs> a beer flight with an espresso coffee porter and a gogi Pinot Noir mm. birdie named after Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell's daughter, actress Kate. Which is a very good Russell. Pinot Noir, by the way. Right. It's out of Santa Barbara area. Uh, Pinot Noir is king in Santa Barbara, and uh, Gogi does a very, very good one. Exactly. Yes. Love that they're incorporating uh, Kurt Russell, who has a lot of history with the company and has been in many movies, especially as you know, from throughout his career as a younger actor, uh, all the way through to Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. So um, pretty cool that they're incorporating that with the Food and Wine Festival. 100%. Um, and there's also going to be one other new kiosk. It's the Wine and Wedge. Now, obviously, as the name suggests, there are going to be some wine and cheeses. Uh, it, but they'll even have wine and cheese pairing options. So I thought that was kind of cool yeah, and something to, to look that. forward yeah, to. Yes. For sure. uh, we n- like wine. We like cheese. Right. Can't uh, go wrong. Exactly. Uh, a few of these, I guess, are from the announcements recently as well but want to incorporate them on october 16th 
Journey of Water will be open to the public. Uh, plus, Moana is going to be in that area. But I also wanted to bring up that this is this launch date is also co- coinciding with the launch of Moana at some theaters, October 13th through 26th, as part of the, the Disney 100 special engagement. Yes, have you forgotten? They're still releasing uh, films right up to the anniversary date. Right. Um, some of the some of the more classic, mostly more modern classic Disney right. films uh, being released, re-released in theaters, and that still continues on. Right. So thought that was cool how they coincided the mm-hmm. the opening of Journey of Water with the Moana films being played. Uh, on December 5th, you can look forward to the Luminous, the Symphony of Us at Epcot. And also at Epcot in December will be the opening of World Celebration Neighborhood. Yeah. So, um, so finally the walls will come down. Right. That's the thing is the right. walls are finally coming down. Which right. It's going to be, I, I, we were like, we, we mentioned it a little bit in our recap episode yesterday. You can see it even over the walls now that the beauty, the, the lush, um, topography right. that's going to be within that area is starting to get put into it. It is going to be, I really believe it's going to be a gorgeous area and it'll be especially gorgeous after we've spent years now right. where that area being walled off that when that's finally opened up and we have all these beautiful park areas right. and trees and then Walt, new Walt statue I know. and Oof. everything else. It's, I just can't be more excited to finally get Epcot back to its full glory soon. Right. And like you pointed out when we were there last week is what is it? Creation. Creations Cafe. Yeah. No, it's Creation Shop and it's the Connections Cafe. Connections Cafe, right. But how that's just all floor to ceiling glass and how it's going to have a wonderful view. Yeah, they they pointed that out to us in the uh, Epcot. What was it? Epcot, always in a... Always becoming. Yeah, there's more to it than that. But yes, always in a stage of becoming or something along those lines. Something Walt said about Epcot. Um, But they mentioned that it's tough to tell right now with the Connections Cafe or whatever because the walls are like right outside there. Right, yeah. But because they have these giant windows there Mm -hmm. that eventually it's going to open up and be so airy and beautiful. You can see inside, see outside into these uh, areas. And you can see as you're walking past there and look over the walls now, seeing the trees that they've placed Mm -hmm. in there that you can... You can kind of get a feeling that it's coming, and it's right. going to be it's going to be wonderful and open and gorgeous. And yeah, yeah. For that, yeah, I can just imagine in the future, the near future, uh, sitting in that cafe and just looking out over the spectacular yeah. beauty of Epcot. There. Yeah, I think it was so Epcot always in a state of becoming. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. All right. So as I mentioned at the start of the segment, it's been a short time, but a dynamic time, um, and I just wanted to share from a personal perspective, my concept of this decade so far. And actually, when we saw the film Elemental the other night, as you brought up, and I'm not going to give away any spoilers, um, but I saw some things in how they were telling that story that I see this decade with the company. And in that film... As with a lot of Disney stories, and especially Pixar stories too, you see a lot of major struggle with the protagonist early on and, and how that protagonist is trying to work to address the problem. And I, I kind of see the Disney company experiencing that at this 
this decade too, having some really major struggles at the beginning and, and trying to determine how they're going to address those. Um, and then eventually it gets to a point in the film where you realize things are going to turn around and become really cool. Some new, new things found that weren't expected to be coming out. Like in, in the film, there were new things that happened that you wouldn't necessarily think would happen. And then the film kind of does a little bit of a jump forward and you see so many things are so much better than they were. And, and that's what I see and my hope for the Disney company is, you know, we're starting to get past how they were handling some of the struggles. And it's not to say they're not all, everything's perfectly fine now. But it does seem to be a little bit more like we're on the road of recovery with the company and that more joy is coming. And by the end of the decade, it, you know, and I'm not jinxing them, um, that things will really be wonderful and that people will have more because of those struggles that it had to go through. Well, let's face it. And you mentioned it, the, the Saturday Night Live sketch earlier. Mm-hmm. No one could have known coming into 2020, this decade that we're talking about right now, that we were going to be... And the Disney company was going to have to face a global pandemic that was going to significantly shift what they had to do, how right. they approach things, how everybody approached things. And right. so that was obviously a big speed bump that they had to overcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now we can start to see some things come around, start to push ahead after they've had to, you know, maybe take a look, take a step back, look back at within the company and just figure out how are we going to move forward with what has significantly changed us as a culture. Right. Uh, And I I feel like they are starting to make strides in that direction. Still a lot of things to do. Still a lot of things to figure out, but they are making those strides. And let's not forget. And there's some things that you haven't brought up that happened already within this decade, even though it's only three years and nine months in we've been, uh, opened up some wonderful new attractions. You talked about Mickey and Minnie's Runaway mm-hmm. Railway. Uh, Remy's Ratatouille Adventure right. opened up at uh, Epcot as well. Over at uh, Disney California Adventure Park, we had a brand new land open up with Avengers Campus right. that is one of our favorite yes. spots uh, within any Disney park. I'm so happy with that. There's been other stuff that's happened globally as well. Oh, yeah. We've also had a brand new Disney ship debut right. within this time and more on the way. They are making things still happen. Maybe they're not maybe happening as quickly as some of us would like. Right. But they are pivoting. They are making it work. And they are moving forward. And that makes me feel very, very good about the Disney company. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I see that. I see some of my optimism also driven for the fact that uh, some of these, these obstacles that came up actually got them to create things that I don't think they would have otherwise, or at least at the, some of those things were quicker than what Mm -hmm. we might've expected to happen. And so I, I think those are great things that out of the tragedy or struggles, I should say, things are better. Yeah. In so, many ways, right. in many ways, not everything is better, but things are getting better. Exactly. And they're starting to get back to what we've known Disney for. Right. Not that they ever completely strayed from it, but I think that there were some things that they had to adjust. Mm-hmm. And now we're kind of getting back to that. Right. You know, it's a new normal, but right. you know, we're kind of getting to that space. Exactly. So, so. so anyways, so that's my look on Disney 
in the 20s. Very good. Are we going to have another one of these episodes for the actual anniversary, 100 year anniversary? Yeah, we are. Well, we're going to have another Disney at 100. I believe we we probably should. (laughs) Um, The October 15th, I think, is the day before the actual anniversary. That's a Sunday when we'll be dropping. Uh, I have several ideas in mind, so I I haven't honed in for sure on how I'm going to present it or how we are going to present it. Uh, But I do think that would probably be good to at least have some kind of wrap up. Right. That'll be great. We're looking forward to it because this series has been fantastic. Mm. I knew this going in. Michelle was already (laughs) on. I don't know about this. I really don't know about this one. I'm like, oh, it's a lot. It's going to be really good. And it was really good considering we're only talking about three years and nine months, but it's been very, very interesting. Three years and nine months for the Disney company for sure. So Michelle always does such a great job with her research. She did another great job at this. uh, Their uh, portion of the series, our Disney at 100 series, this time looking back at the 2020s. Great job, Michelle. Always does a fantastic job with those. You know, I was I was curious on how she would approach this uh, because of the fact that it was such a short time period we're looking at here. It's not a full decade, and you know, but you know, I think there's interesting things that you. There's been so much that seems like it's happened in this right. three years and nine month period that you forget that this happened within exactly, it. So yeah. I, I like that you look back and I like that you looked into other things that the Disney company is approaching and how they're approaching different things oh, uh, you, through honey. this period. So very good job. Michelle. Appreciate that. Now, before we get to the Disney stories of the week, we need to talk about our great friend, Nate with main street and more travel, because let's face it. We all have trips we're thinking about taking in the very near future. Well, if you do, whether it be to Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise, or anywhere in the world beyond, let me tell you, Nate is the certified Disney vacation planner that you are going to want to get in contact with. Oh my gosh, for sure. You know, as we, you know, mention all the time, he really has firsthand knowledge of things so he can really help you plan customize a a trip that is going to be the best for you answer your questions it's really concierge level planning that doesn't cost you anything high end it is high end stuff that he will help you out with answer all your questions he is there for you to make sure your trip wherever it may be be the best it possibly can be. And as Michelle mentioned, no extra cost to you. That's because either Disney or whatever other travel branch that he works through pays him for you. Your What you end up paying is exactly what you pay. If you did all that work yourself, only you can save that time and just relax and enjoy and let him set it all up for you. Right. And you know what? He may even be able to save you some money from you doing it alone because he is on top of all the deals and steals that are out there. Yeah. And there's never a guarantee. But let me tell you, if there's a discount out there, Nate will find it for you. So what you got to do is go to distripsandmore.com, fill out the form there and just contact him, talk to him, tell him what you want to do and let him get to work for you. Right. So as Tom mentioned, once you fill out that form, Nate will be back in touch with you to start that planning, but be sure to tell him that Tom and Michelle sent you. Yeah. Again, that's Nate with Main Street and more travel. All right, let's go ahead and get to the Disney stories of the week. As I mentioned earlier, there wasn't a lot this week. So much came out at Destination D23. 
obviously it was not surprising that they would take a little bit of a break and get releasing a lot of information, but I do have a couple things I want to bring up for you. I'm going to start with, we learned some fun ways you can celebrate Latin Heritage Month at the Walt Disney World Resort if Mm -hmm. you're going to be there over the next uh, 30 days-ish coming up. Uh, This from the Disney Parks blog, they say the fiesta has officially begun here at Walt Disney World Resort with Hispanic and Latin Heritage Month starting this past week. We've got even more new things you can experience to continue the party all month long and beyond. They say several Latin and Hispanic artists will perform as part of the Eat to the Beat concert series at Epcot International Food and Wine Festival, presented by Corksicle. <laughs> but even more exciting, Disney will stream the performance of renowned Latin American band Basilos this Monday. That's tomorrow as we're nice. dropping this episode. Um, but I'm sure if you get listen to this later on, it almost all their stuff that they put on there you can find on YouTube, find on the right. Disney Parks blog, whatever. Um, it'll be like I said, September Monday, September 18th at 6:45 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, if you want to check it out as it's happening live, you can view it on the Disney World Latino Facebook page and at Disney World Latino Instagram account. So. Look for it there, but it wouldn't surprise me if it pops up on YouTube or whatever else as well. Uh, Also, what's a trip to Walt Disney World without photos? During this month-long celebration, Magic Magic Shots and Disney Photo Pass lenses featuring friends from Walt Disney Animation Studios Encanto and Disney Pixar's Coco are available at select locations throughout the resort. With these incredible enhancements, you can step into a Luisa magic shot and strike your most powerful pose. That's so or, cute. Yeah, or be un poco loco with Miguel <laughs> and Dante. Uh, you can use the hashtag Together We Are Magia uh, to share your Disney, hashtag Disney Familia adventures using the magic shots and Disney PhotoPass lenses on all your social media platforms. They they have some examples on the Disney Parks blog. Mm-hmm. They look cute. And they some really photos do. that you definitely will want to. Uh, take part in with your family for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to it. Your familia. Yes. You and your familia y amigos can also capture a special moment with a newly installed Step Into Encanto frame at the entrance of Disney's Animal Kingdom theme park featuring Antonio and all his animal amigos. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, so that's great. And I know that the Mirabelle meet and greet is taking shape, and I think that's coming very, very soon that you'll be able to do that as well at Magic Kingdom Park. So um, all sorts of great stuff to uh, be celebrating the Hispanic and Latin American Heritage Month coming up uh, over these next couple months plus, as they said. So that's fun. That's fun stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, We also learned a few more details about the first Disney community coming to Southern California this week. This again to the Disney Parks blog we go. They said, a new story is being written in Rancho Mirage, California at Catino, the very first storytelling by Disney community. Initial plans for the first chapter of the community story includes more than 300 homes and a collection of community parks set in the heart of California's scenic Coachella Valley. Imagine meeting your neighborhood for a morning walk along the promenade with views of Cotino Bay, which will feature the clearest turquoise waters with 
Crystal Lagoon's technology or enjoying a family picnic as the sun sets over the surrounding mountains, the Catino community's design will promote connectivity with picturesque walking paths and landscape parks where neighborhoods and their families can socialize. Now, I'm going to tell you a few things about this, but really you should go to the Disney Parks blog and check it out because Mm -hmm. they have some great concept artwork there that will kind of bring this more to life for you just from what I'm saying based on this story. Right, especially if you're planning on doing that (laughs) possibly getting involved in that yes uh the community will feature a range of home types allowing home buyers to select the best home for their needs using a creative framework developed by walt disney imagineering home designs will be inspired by the rich history landscape and beauty of the greater palm springs area yes coachella is right out of palm Mm -hmm. springs so if you're kind of somewhere else across the country and don't know what that vicinity is if you've never been to coachella right go see the 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 (laughs) festivals that are out there every year um that's exactly where it is. Uh, so uh, within the first phase of development, there will be an area dedicated to adults 55 plus known as the Long Table Park Residences. The name Long Table Park is inspired by the experiences that originally drew Walt to the Coachella Valley. When he visited the area, he often enjoyed desert activities in the morning and joined his neighbors for a group breakfast and good conversation around a friendly table. So long table park uh, where residents will have the exclusive access to a dedicated gathering place, which is long table park. This space will bring uh, people together around a large centerpiece table surrounded by beautiful Palo Verde and olive trees, uh, along with shaded seating and barbecue grills. It's the perfect place they say to spend time with friends and family. Sounds cool. Mm -hmm. Cute. Also, residents of all ages and their favorite four-legged friends can spend their day playing at Laughing Place Ranch, designed to celebrate Walt's love for horses. This equestrian-themed dog park will feature separate play areas where small and large pets can jump and gallop the day away. Now, if you're interested in looking into this community, possibly (laughs) purchasing into this community, I wish we could, (laughs) because it'd be fun to have a West Coast base, and it sounds wonderful. Everything we've seen so far looks spectacular. Uh, Pre-sales appointments to discuss additional residential details, including floor plans, home designs, and pricing are anticipated to begin later this year prior to the launch of home sales. Uh, For more information about Catino, a story living by Disney community, you can visit storylivingbydisney.com slash Catino. Yes, I think that you know their their if you look at the total concept of what they have, it's very cool and interesting. Yeah, I so like I it. I know they have to do phased things, but yeah, the the whole if you look at the 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 plan as a whole is very cool. Yeah, and I like that the the you know, the community areas that they're going to have are going to be manned by actual Disney cast yeah. members, so it will have that quality that you've known to love. And right respect out of the out of disney yeah exactly it does sound like a wonderful wonderful space a couple other quick stories i want to get to real quickly uh one avengers vault which is a new marvel themed gift shop is going to open at avengers campus tomorrow as we're recording and dropping this episode so monday september 18th it's kind of if you know anything about avengers campus it's in the big campus building um right there in the center of it so that that is where this new larger gift shop they've kind of had a smaller gift shop there this is going to be a bit larger um with all sorts of good marvel goodies yeah fun it's it's good that they're doing that the other one would get crowded pretty quickly yeah hard to there just wasn't really a lot of space to to store a lot of stuff they had to kind of had to do some things over in a spill-off area uh kind of in hollywood land to get more marvel merchandise out there for you so i'm glad they're going to have this uh, new 
themed gift shop there. Also, I wanted to bring up one more thing that we neglected to bring up out of Destination D23 last week. We did talk a little bit about the Disney Cruise Line stuff that came out. We had mm-hmm. you know the new ship name right. uh, for the Disney Adventure, which is the ship that they took over. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be the large ship that's going to be sailing in uh, Southeast Asia. Uh, coming up once it gets completed. But the one thing we didn't really bring up is that they've given a sort of a new name to the new private destination that's going to be happening in the Bahamas here. It's right. it's going to be called Lookout Key right. at Lighthouse Point. So we've known it as Lighthouse Point up right. until this moment, up until Destination D23, but they've actually named it now. So it'll be Lookout Key. So we'll have Castaway Key and, and Lookout Key, key right. at Lighthouse Point coming up. So yeah, I that's think right. that's cool. It's so I'm, we have a cr- back-to-back cruise actually planned for next year where mm-hmm. we're hoping to be able to visit Lighthouse Point, Lookout Key at Lighthouse Point a couple times. Yeah. It looks spectacular. I just can't wait to visit it. Right. Just love the the detail that they went into how to create that location and how to honor the heritage and, and everything. So it's it's going to be wonderful. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. It looks spectacular. And I love that they're, they're working with the environmentalists and they're working with the Bahamian people mm-hmm. to try and make it as authentic as they possibly can right. respectful to right. the culture from those islands yeah incorporate the art and mm-hmm. the theming of that yes. for sure for sure very exciting very exciting stuff so that's it for the disney stories of the week however we never leave you without giving you some sort of tip that might help you on your next vacation when we do this we always start with michelle because you heard it earlier <laughs> she does the best yeah. research she definitely has the best list but one thing is definite for sure she always has the very best tip. So let's get to it. Here's Michelle's tip of the week. Mm, you're so kind, honey. Thanks. So my tip this week has to do if you're going to be staying at Paradise Pier Hotel, which is under transformation to Pixar Place Resort. Uh, but wanted you to know, in case you didn't, they have kind of a, a hidden or secret private entrance to Disney California Adventure Park there. So if you are staying at Paradise Pier, um, your entrance is actually separate from the one at the Grand Californian. So what you do, though, is you you would just cross the street towards the Disney Grand Californian Resort, but don't go into the resort. Don't go into that lobby. Instead, you, you follow a path alongside to the right. Uh, you'll have to scan in your hotel key, but you'll get to go through that gate to the walkway, and then you'll find security and the entrance. And it brings you out near Corndog Castle, kind of like across from Jumpin' Jellyfish Attraction. Yeah. That's new because I don't remember that being there when we stayed at Paradise Pier. Before. Right. I, I think it's they reopened it almost a year ago. Yeah. Well, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I'm glad they have an, another way to get through there for right, sure. Right. Exactly. So. Yeah, that's good. Um, I had no idea. Uh, again, we, we, we stayed at, at Paradise Point, Paradise Pier uh, Hotel a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And I'm um, a... Before in the past, we've always had to go through the Grand Californian, right? But, uh, now they have a new way through. That's yeah. good. That's and good. I actually That's- like. I, I think I kind of prefer where that comes out compared to the Grand Californian because you're kind of a little bit closer to Pixar Pier, um, or then you could, if you didn't want to go into Pixar Pier, you could take a left and, and head over yeah. towards more the. Uh, cars land. Let's face it. The best part about it is you're right next to Corn Dog Castle. I know. So you can immediately get your corn dog. I was going to mention the most important thing. That. Yes. Right. So. For sure. I'm definitely in Michelle's world. 
<laughs> for sure. Very good. Michelle's tip, always the best tip, especially this week, because my tip is going to be pretty simple. And it's basically just looking back at Destination D23 and having good memories of that wonderful, wonderful special event. And my tip is just basically, look, when it comes around again in two years, I highly recommend as a Disney fan, you look into an attempt to go to Destination D23. Now, tickets are limited. Not everybody get in. Get in. We have right. some friends and listeners who were not able to get into this one. But if you can, um, I highly, we highly recommend it. And the other thing I would suggest is if you have the financial ability and you're going to go to Destination D23, Stay at the Contemporary or Bay Lake <laughs> yeah. Towers because it is so darn convenient, right. especially when you're trying to get up and shuffling early in the morning. The breaks may seem like, you know, a couple hour lunch break seems like a long time. It's really not right. if you're trying to get anywhere or find food or whatever. When you can just go back to your room, grab a bite real quickly and then maybe rest up, freshen up and then head back. It is so nice, you know, in the end of the night, just to be able to wrap things right. up right there. It is really, really extra special. Plus, you're, I mean, it's the contemporary and Bay Lake Towers. You're right on the monorail. Right. You're right next to Magic Kingdom. It's just a wonderful spot to begin with. So. Right. Because they don't have parking for people coming to mm -hmm. the, the Destination D23 event. The only parking there are for res residents, no, guests that are staying on property. Right. So you have to yeah. figure out other ways. To, I mean, they right. do have ways to get yes. to this from other Disney resorts, obviously, but it's just so convenient to just walk right over. Yeah. I think the things that we found convenient too, or like if you got posters and things, you, you could just run to your room and put them down. You didn't have to try to carry them or protect them all afternoon and then trying to get on another transportation. Yeah. We, them. you know, got some huge delicate things that we had, you know, to, and we saw people having to carry them. We saw people having to carry them when they went, went to Epcot right. that night. It's still with them because they didn't, they didn't go back to the resort or they couldn't right. or whatever. So they're still carrying around some of these giant figment statuettes right. or whatever within Epcot. And I <laughs> right. felt so bad for them. Yeah. Um, it was so convenient for us to not have to deal with that. So again, I know it's not cheap to stay at the Contemporary or right. Bay Lake Towers. Totally get that. But if you have it within your means, if you're willing to do this and save up for it, right. highly recommended. It. it just makes it so much easier. Exactly. So that's it for this week's show. Next week, well... You know what? Some extremely famous groups from the 90s made some headlines this week. Mm -hmm. So Michelle had the great idea. <laughs> Why don't we go ahead and pounce on that momentum <laughs> and get back to a series that we started, oh, it was about a month ago or right. so. Yeah, we told you we might continue on with it if people seem to enjoy it, and it looked like you did. So we are going to continue on with that series next week. With our 90s hits that we wish were Disney songs. Yeah. I mean, we did have something else planned, but I, like you said, the momentum seems like this is when to do it. And uh, I was so surprised. I guess I shouldn't say so surprised, but I was somewhat surprised that when you introduced that series, it, it did seem to catch on with people. We got a lot of, a lot of great feedback, so figured... Let's do that again. Yeah. So we're going to do that again. We're going to do our list, our five favorite-ish uh, <laughs> 90s songs that we kind of seem to fit somehow within Disney. It could be within an attraction. It could be within a film. It could be whatever you want it to be, however you think it corresponds. Right. It's the things that aren't Disney songs that we feel 
would be fun if they were. Um, we're going to do that. We'd love to have your lists as well. If you want to send them to mm -hmm. us through social media, through the Gmail account, we will share them along with ours on next week's show. Exactly. We'd love for you to participate. For sure. For sure. As for today's show, we appreciate that you join us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. Also, we are on social media. We are on Twitter. X. At Hyperion Podcast. <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion. I said Pinterest. Facebook, Instagram, and Threads, but also Pinterest, yeah. at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. If you are on Facebook, come on over and join us for some good, positive Disney energy fun on our Hyperion Adventures Facebook group. Also, we're on YouTube. If you want to find us there, we're at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. And if you really like this uh, podcast and want to help support it, we would love to invite you to become a Patreon. We have tiers starting as low as just two dollars a month and it really is helpful to help cover some of this cost of putting on the podcast yep, including the new soundboard that we are now putting all this through yeah to record the it other for one you. just crashed because the other one <laughs> it's over here in the corner i think it's still smoking <laughs> yes <laughs> anyway that's it thanks for listening to another episode of the hyperion adventures podcast we look forward to sharing some time with you again next week until that time i'm tom i'm michelle and we hope that you have a magical week bye